Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart! On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hey, Good morning, y'all. If you can, as I always say, if you hear this manly, robust baritone right here, then you know that this is Rashad Taylor sitting in the big boy chair as my guy Mike Lynch is in Sin City for the weekend. How long has Lynch been in Vegas, Jesse? Do you know? I, I like a week. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, he said he was going to be there for like five days, yeah. which is crazy. I think anything more than like three in Vegas, unless you live there, is is doing too much. Uh, I went six my first time. I, that's I had a craziness. blast. That's craziness. Yeah, it was know. great. I mean, we 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 kick it different. So since Lynch is in Sin City, uh, I decided to go ahead and get a partner in crime. I asked my guy to come back. Uh, he's someone I've known for a long time. He was actually a Pop Warner coach of mine and been a boss of mine and. Now he's just the overall homeboy, man. He is the director of partnerships for Self Enhancement Incorporated. He's my guy, Mr. Anthony Deloney. How you hey, doing, bro? Hey, 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 hey. Thanks for having me. Man, What's up, absolutely, fellas? Absolutely, man. We got a couple of really good baritones on here right now. I usually don't sound this way. I just, you know, had a rough night. So Did you really? I'm down a couple. I had a rough lockers. night too, but it was, you know, lots of makers, Mark. And uh, you know, last night was my mom's birthday. So happy right. birthday, mom. I'm sure she's probably definitely in the bed right now. But uh, yeah, man, had a, had a lot of it. Saw a, saw a band last night. Nice. Yeah, the band mixed in some Tupac into their what? little. Yeah. Was, okay. Yeah, they mixed some. Uh, grab your Glocks if you see Tupac <laughs> on the band. Who shot you? But the, yeah, that's what they really said. Like during. <laughs> no, it was tight. It, it, it was tight though. It was unexpected. So like while lunch it. is out, man, we're gonna make sure we kind of keep it rolling for you guys out there as you're on your Indeed. commutes, Indeed. going to work, doing whatever you're doing, getting ready to go to church, man. We're gonna make sure we kind of keep it live a little bit here on sports sunday uh it's that time of year to where there's not not sports to talk about but it's not like anything super super solid so what we're going to do today is we're going to have a big nfl dive in our first hour uh but then our second hour man i think we're going to have a guest now here's the thing about sports sunday and football sunday man it's early in the morning you know and so it's it's sometimes tough like you said deloney just said man we have tough nights and sometimes those tough nights lead to uh to really tough mornings and in doing so sometimes dudes cancel <laughs> right <laughs> on coming to sports sunday but we've been stood up from time to we've time we've been stood up for once Every or twice but i think today is going to be a little different we got a stand-up dude coming in uh he's a portland native he is the former roosevelt high school basketball coach former kansas jayhawk former assistant for the kansas jayhawks and now he just happens to be an assistant coach for the santa cruz warriors who is the golden state warriors g league team my guy your guy, Mr. Michael Lee. You left out Jefferson Demo. We, Jefferson we, Democrat, we, we man. We get a lot of a lot of hate. About a lot that, of so hate, we man. Make sure we include that. Jefferson Democrat. Also, I believe he's a second all-time leading scorer 
for the Jefferson Democrats. I don't know if that's legit or not. But. I think he's the. I, I think that's true, and he's actually. I want to say maybe top one, two, or three in PIL history. Yeah. So yeah. Mike Lee, we got a lot to ask him about. We're gonna ask him a little bit about the NBA. We're gonna ask him about his Golden State Warriors too. Here's a guy who gets uh, a front row seat to arguably the greatest show that we've seen in basketball history. But first, man, I, there's something I want to touch on. Uh, I like to ask Deloney to come in, and you can make sure you interact with us on the Better You Today text line, 55305. Make sure you get at me on Twitter, at TaylorMade503. He's at Jesse Osmond. Uh, and also, at A.D. Deloney. That's it. Is that it? Real generic. Okay, but it works, man. I'm not hard what, to find. Yeah, whatever works. So make sure you interact with us. Uh, but one thing about Anthony that a lot of you guys might not know is if you follow any high school sports here in Oregon, uh, his son is Aaron Deloney. And Aaron Deloney is considered by a lot of people here in the state of Oregon to be the number one or number two best player in the state. Uh, he and Marcus Honus, which are, you know, they're very good friends, kind of hold those positions at number one and number two. One thing I'm always so curious about, and we're going to make sure we get to all NFL and all NBA stuff, but it's got to start somewhere. And high school is typically where it starts. Uh, I've seen this young man grow uh, I saw him in the state championship, hit a, a dagger of a shot that, you know, put his team in position to go ahead and win the game. Uh, he had the highest three-point percentage in since 19-what? Well, he, he had the most makes in uh, OSA history for 3, 4, 5, and 6A. I, th I thought that was, you know, incredible. How many was that? Do you it was uh, 98, 98 threes. 98 three-pointers. Yeah. That's a that's that's a whole lot. In, so, about, in about 25 games, I think, something like that. So it, it wound up being, you know, a lot. So for all the great <laughs> shooters that we've had come from the state of Oregon, and trust me, we've had a lot. You know, we don't get the love in football right. here in Oregon because, you know, we're a basketball city. We, we're yeah. able to be in the gym uh, all day and all night if, if, we, if we choose to. Yeah. Um, but there's a long lineage of great, great shooters, one of which will be Mr. Mike, Mike Lee, who will be here right. a little bit later on. Um just, I want to talk about his work ethic. Like, what yeah. what what kind of drives him to be so good? I, I remember coming into the gym one day, mm -hmm. and it had to be like eight thirty in the morning, and no one else was there, and he mm -hmm. was there just with no shirt on, shooting for three four hours. Well, I mean, I think that that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, there's the the big games and all those things that you know it's easy to get revved up for, but you know, when when he was coming up, and I told him because he's a, you know I'm not very tall, and I I told him look at your mom, look at me, sorry. Right. So so you're going to if you really want to play this game, you've got to find a way to, to you know, put yourself in a different uh, in, a, in, a, in a different pool. And, you know, it, shooting was the answer for him. And so he really, uh, you know, I taught him a couple of things as a fifth or sixth grader and he took those things and ran with him. So when you see him working at 830 in the morning, that's not dad saying, hey, let's get up. It's, it's 3 a.m. Let's go shoot. Ninety five percent of all his workouts were organized by him driven by him he'll find me now me and his brother unfortunately have to shag a lot for him but for the most part these are all you know things that he wants to do and I told him if you want to be a great shooter great shooter shoot every day yeah. right I don't stop by and oh I'm going to do this no great shooter shoot every single day and that's kind of how he's patterned himself and so most of this is about him and his journey I think every dad that's listening to this show um, or has ever listened to their show if they have kids that are uh, young enough still in high school uh I think every dad wants their kid to be great at something, uh, whether it's sports, science, dance. Uh, you want your kid to be great. Man, just a selfish moment. Man, what's it like to be the dad of, of what's considered by most to be one of the best 
players uh, that Oregon's had in the past couple of years. Now I'll be honest, right? So, you know, I'm 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 no slouch in terms of you know how I move around. I've been doing the same job for a few years. You know, I do <laughs> I do some things, and you know, for, for a long time, I was I was known as AD. Right, that that's my handle. Now I'm just AD's dad, <laughs> and and I think that the, he took my name from me. Right now, you know, I see people all the time, and I I mean, it, it's really weird. I mean, I've been in Ubers, and you know, conversation will come up, and I'll say, "Oh yeah, my kid did that. Oh, who's your kid? Aaron Deloney. Oh my God, that's your. I'm like, man, slow down. He's 17. Man, but, so but he's so, a star. I'm little, so I'm a little bitter that he, you know, he came and took my name. So I'm I'm trying to work on a new handle and. You know, see if I can establish myself back on top. Oh. <laughs> it's it's fun though. It's 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 a great ride. But I do emphasize all the time that this is his ride, and you know, everything that he has coming to him that's positive is because of the work that he's put in. So he's not a trophy kid to you. Nah, not yet, man. Okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm I try to do Levar, some Lavarish things every now and then, but you know, it just it just doesn't work the same way. Oh, okay. Well, so you like being a jerk. You like people not to like you. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Well, we got a lot of stuff coming up for you today on today's show. Um, we were going to talk some preseason, but nobody wants to talk about preseason. So we no. scratched that instead, man. Thank we are going to talk about fantasy football because that will start up pretty soon uh, on August 22nd uh, at 7 p.m. or 6 p.m., I believe it is. Dirt and Sprague are hosting their annual fantasy scramble. So we want to make sure that you guys participate in that. If you want to rock with us, make sure you text us on the Better You Today text line 55305. Uh, send us in your email address, and we'll make sure we put you on one of our teams, either myself or Mike Lynch's team. Uh, I have personally won this uh, fantasy challenge once before. Uh, I believe Jesse has also won. I think didn't and you I think win? I won last didn't you year? Win? Yeah, and you were in my league, and you yes, actually won. went ahead and won. And so I, 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 just, just real quick, I remember, you know, I didn't know a lot of the folks there, but I remember I, I was getting a lot of sniggles and giggles with some of my picks early on. Like <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of injuries last oh, year. That's that a little early that. to get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> well, well, this this show, and you should know this, and, and this is why probably why we asked you in. Man, this show is also known as Championship Sunday because okay. uh, everybody that's in the studio, including Mike Lynch, who's absent today. Has all they've we've all won uh, this fantasy scramble? Yeah, so, I, I really do this. Yeah, I mean, for so, the record. Yeah, so and then our NFL teams like won Super Bowls. Uh, yeah, so you Broncos know. fans, Patriots oh, yeah. fans, yeah, exactly no, to be the best. Of the it's AFC, Championship so. Sunday. Okay, this is, this okay. is definitely Championship Sunday. But uh, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit of do's and don'ts, maybe some some helpful hints yes. for this year's fantasy season. We're going to dive into our uh, the South Division. So we're going to talk some AFC South some NFC South, and then we're going to be joined by Mike Lee at 10 o'clock, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Blazers, their season openers, some of their season predictions that we've heard. And then 10-15, we're going to dive into some warrior ways. Man, how can we steal some of whatever Juju Golden State has? Uh, but first, when we come back, man, like I said, fantasy's coming up. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you don't need to do. That's coming up next right here on The Fan. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. So I've been lobbying for like the past two years to get that drop taken out. And for whatever reason, even after a win and after an almost win the following season, like that's still got to be the drop that everybody hears. Once you Jesse. drop 
it don't stop. That's weak, man. And every single riding. player. Every, listen, every listen, single player. My quarter, one, my first, my first string quarterback went down. Then my second string quarterback went down. And then my best receiver, my two running backs. It was a wrap. I was like, okay, well, I'm clearly not going to win this one this year. That, but, sound, that sounded like five to me. How about you? Did you hear five? I mean, how uh, many guys I, can play in fantasy? You got to have eight <laughs> people on the field. I, I, re, I remember that season. He, he had the injury bug. But, I mean, who hasn't had the no injury sympathy. bug in fantasy? From, from no for sympathy. everybody? We've from, all had to deal from with all, it. Okay, but nobody's really had you to know, deal with it. You know, the true GMs get over it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, no, oh, we, we make lemonade. I was looking at my draft last year for my main. In fantasy um, league I don't know, yesterday, and I was like, "How did I make it into the finals?" That right. draft Sometimes was it'd be awful. Like that. I, I remember the first time oh. I drafted with uh, with uh, Anthony and some um, some coworkers of ours, and everybody was looking at me like, "What? You picked him?" And I ended up in uh, first place in in the season and got demolished first week of the playoffs, which oh. which is kind of my my luck with that one. I always finish the season number one, and then first week of the playoffs, my team just falls apart you know that so so in most leagues that i'm involved in i always try to make sure that there's a a, a bonus for winning the regular season which to me is harder than winning Absolutely. right it's harder to go what i don't know what it is 11 and 1 you know versus winning two or three games in a row to win the championship so i always put a lot of emphasis on you know that regular season because that's the hard part and i need right? that hundred yeah. the rest for, is a crapshoot yeah. right it's, yeah. it's not like there's a home court advantage or a home field advantage for getting the one seed there's just we reset and run it back and that's that was kind of the cool part about that league so uh we're gonna make sure we give you guys some maybe some do's and don'ts maybe not even some do's and don'ts maybe just some overall tips yes. on how to effectively uh pick a team and uh, after you've picked that team man how to make sure you do it the championship sunday way and get all the way to said championship so uh i guess i'll go ahead and start and um i think for me one of the one of the biggest things is uh make sure you protect your star running backs uh the fantasy football has become very very running back dependent uh number one because now these athletes aren't just running the ball anymore but now they're also catching you out of the backfield some of them are lining up as receivers. So if you have an opportunity to get a David Johnson, to get a Shady McCoy, to get a uh, Le'Veon Bell, like these are the guys that you want to make sure you get and covet and make sure you get solid backups to go behind them. So that's I think that's my to, to start. You said don't if you're starting drafting, don't draft a quarterback. Those guys are no, going to be there. You know, no, lay no. to the maybe your second or third, you know, maybe third or fourth pick to draft a quarterback. You know, I, that's a great one. I would go even a step before, right, the running backs and, and who it is. I've seen this a million times. Don't be the guy to come into the draft with 47 sheets of paper, right, from magazines that were printed in June and July, right? Camp hasn't happened. If, if get Find a resource that you like that updates often. Because I'm telling you, that stuff is is just some guy in a room in June, and by the time you know camp happens, and, and especially if you're in a draft late, uh, try to get it as late and close to the season as possible, so you really have some up to date information. Take that information, streamline it, and rank who you like. So really, all you're doing is playing bingo at the draft. Here's my favorite ten quarterbacks, how I like them. When one gets you know, pick, scratch them off and go down the next one. That's why you don't don't start thinking when it's your pick, right? Be in the process. It's playing bingo. Once you rank it, that's the hard work. Then the drafts are easy. I, I'm I'm all 100% on board with what you're doing. A, a big board. I'm 100% into the big board mentality. Yep. You go through, you rank them. 
Um, you don't even have players that you that you would even consider drafting on that list. It's literally only players that you want that you would draft That's right. in the rank that you would want them. And then it goes, okay, well, now I'm looking really heavy on the running back, and you just start kind of going through there. And it's very much just an auto-draft situation, yes. but it's your auto-draft. It's not ESPN's exactly. or CBS's auto-draft. And you're right. It, it takes the time. It takes looking through, uh, watching these preseason games and um, keeping track of injuries and making sure you don't draft a guy like Darius Geis because you heard about him a month ago and all of a sudden you're like, what? He's got a torn ACL after you drafted him? Don't be that guy. (laughs) Uh, What do you, I mean, switching gears a little bit, what's the most overrated position in in fantasy? It's it's quarterback in in fantasy, right? Just because you got to think about it. Most leagues are what, 12 or 14 guys, right? So, uh, so... With quarterbacks, there's, you know, one or two that really stand out, whether it's, you know, Mm -hmm. Brady or Rodgers. But for the most part, all the rest are in this pool, right? So there's there's not a big enough difference between quarterback number 10 and quarterback number three that you need to reach up and grab it. So you can get your starting quarterback late if you're patient and you wait and the and the difference right between those two guys is not enough to reach up and pick while you're missing on these clutch, you know, running backs and receivers. That I mean, that's one of my tips, at least. Not just that, though, that the, we I don't think necessarily rank these quarterbacks in fantasy the way they should be. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady is one of the best, you know, probably the second best quarterback in the NFL. But honestly, for fantasy, Russell Wilson's probably the best right. quarterback in the NFL. Right. You're looking at a guy emerging in a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's probably that. Those guys are probably the guys that you want to draft ahead of a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers is going to go ahead of a guy like Russell Wilson because he is the best p- a player in at his position in the NFL. The thing is, is Russell Wilson gets you points in other ways that Aaron Rodgers doesn't yep. necessarily get you points. And that's the difference. That's where, you know, junk type quarterbacks and stuff like that can really save your day. Like, uh, and that's why it's so overrated. You can go out there and find a guy that's like, oh, this guy's putting up big numbers on a really crappy team at the end of games and giving you good points, even though he's not a very good quarterback. Which which brings up another uh, tip, right? And, and a lot of times it's, it's really simple, but read the rules to your league, right? I mean, I'm in several different leagues, and some of these things, until you really look at the fine print, I mean, we we're talking about quarterbacks that make me think there's some leagues that give four-point uh, touchdowns for quarterbacks, yeah. right? And so that all of a sudden makes that quarterback even less valuable, right? So really dive in there and figure out, you know, is it points per uh, reception, right? What kind of rules are, you know, how how is the defense score? It might d- decide that, you know, you need to pick a defense even earlier than you think. So really dive in there, look at the rules, and then adjust in your big board accordingly. Is there any, like, do you guys ever host the fantasy party, like at your spot or at your – yeah, you know, I do. Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, I I think the the toughest part about doing that when you're the commission is now you're thinking about the party and you're thinking about the wings because that's an important thinking, part, right? man. Listen, like, hey, man, listen, I wanna, this is supposed I to be an experience. Give you a pencil. I don't want to give you a piece of paper. I, I'm trying to pick a winning team, but I wind up doing all the hosting things and I can't focus. That's why the big board's there because <laughs> I. That's exactly it. I, not only do I get a host a party, I, um, I I have very different rules than everybody else's fantasy league i probably one of the most unique fantasy leagues out there it's a a hybrid between a keeper and a dynasty league Mm. and so it's got really weird interesting rules i can't run my draft through any pro site 
I have to run my draft myself through an Excel street wow. <laughs> sheet you know on, on Google Sheets. Wow. And so I'm constantly, for people who aren't there on location, have to be, okay, you know, or making sure that they're, they're keeping track of their turn because it updates for them automatically and they can see what's their turn. But I, I got to make sure that I'm on top of everybody and making sure they're taking their picks. Last week, last year, I think it took four and a half hours to draft. Oh, my goodness. That's, no, that's nuts. It was crazy. You know what the crazy thing, and I just kind of realized this about, I guess, fantasy drafts and fa- fantasy parties in, in general. Uh, it's one of the few parties that guys have that's typically just all guys. Right. You know, bachelor parties, fantasy drafts are the only time where it's okay for there to be just all dudes. I mean, think about that. I mean, mind you, I've, and, and, and in my leagues, I've definitely had a few women who absolutely love football and know, you know, everything about it top to bottom. But for the most part, most of my fantasy leagues have been just dudes. And it's the one type of party where it's like, man, I'm, I don't have to leave. I'm not going to leave because it's all dudes. So here's, a, here's another question to, you know, kind of follow. How many leagues are you guys in? So Jesse's in like six. Yeah, I'm in. I, I am not. I think I'm just like I, I usually just like do two or three. Anything more than two, I feel like is is doing too much. Because on the one hand, while I'm celebrating because Juju Smith Schuster just got a 16 yard touchdown, oh shoot, man, I'm playing him utterly. No, it's like the, so, it's the curse of fantasy, yeah. right? So I, at at my peak, I think I was in seven. Ridiculous. Right? Yeah, I think and, that's, and, I think that's a so, lot. And so, and and you know, the thing I would always say is everything hurts and everything's great, right? <laughs> no matter what, when you're in seven leagues, everything helps you and everything hurts you. And so, you know, my, another tip I would say is scale back, right? Figure out which ones and which guys you really. I mean, I'm literally in one that's 20 years old, right? I'm in another one that's 15 years old. It, you know, find out which ones you really, really, really want to be a part of. And and when you're in, and the more you're in, the more, you know, guys come to you. Hey, man, I got an extra spot. You want to take that? And, you know, my first instinct is say, man, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take that spot. But so I, I'm, the last couple of years I've learned to say no. Uh, and I, I'm streamlining my, uh, my, my fantasy leagues. Yeah, because you don't want to overextend yourself. And, again, you start competing against yourself in other leagues. Right. And then that right. becomes – Kind of the issue. Okay, so we will be starting our fantasy scramble here as we turn back into football Sunday. So make sure you sit, uh, text in your start sit questions to the Better You Today text line, 55305. Um, man, you want to talk some actual football? Let's do it. All right, man. Coming up next, we're going to start with the AFC South. Predictions, standings, all that stuff. First, Jesse at SportsCenter. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9:32, Portland, Oregon. Gloomy Portland, Oregon today, but right. I am not tripping. Like I mean, everybody's been up in arms about you know the weather. Oh, it's so hot. I'm not tripping about that either. I love the sun because we're one of those places to where we don't see it a whole whole lot. And days like this, you know, it's it's cool to. Just kind of hang out, snuggle up with your boo. You know what I mean? Get, get somewhere close to Bay, as the kids say. I think that's the stupidest thing ever. It's Bay, B-A-E. How do you spell it? Yeah, that's a dumb, that's a dumb saying. You know, kids, you know. That's the kids, though. So, um, talk some foosball. So, we're getting close to the season, obviously. We're, we just finished up week one of NFL preseason. Uh, that 
is the preseason. So take what you want to take away from there. Um, but so we last week started doing our, uh, I guess, divisional previews or more than that predictions. That's mm -hmm. pretty much what we think is going to happen. Some of the divisions are, I guess, really, really easy to call. AFC East, Patriots. Pretty cut and dry. Mm -hmm. uh, NFC East, um, I think it probably will be Philadelphia again going 12 and 4, you know, 11 and 5, something like that. The AFC South is something a little different because the AFC South is very competitive for the most part. The most um, competitive. I, I mean, I've, well, I look at that NFC. NFC West, and we're going to get there that the, the last week of the season more than likely. I think that might be the most competitive uh, conference. But, man, I look at this AFC South, and I'm looking at some teams that could really do a lot. So we'll start with uh, the winners of the AFC South. Made it all the way to the AFC Championship game last year. Out of nowhere, I guess for a lot of people, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you say NFC South or AFC South? Uh, AFC South. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. So we're going to get to the NFC South in, in, in our next segment. Gotcha. But, you know, uh, Jacksonville uh, did the seemingly impossible last year, mm -hmm. and they were able to come out and have a phenomenal season. I believe they went, what, was it Was it 12-4 and four last year, Jesse? The Jaguars did, Blake Bortles and company? I think it was 10-6. 10-6, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, as I recall, it, it might have been. They were 10-6. and 10-6, yeah. okay. Uh, that's something we weren't used to seeing from the Jaguars. Right. And uh, a lot of it was behind that unstoppable defense uh, led by Jalen Ramsey. Um, that team, if they can keep everything in place, uh, I don't see a reason that Jacksonville can't go back to the AFC Championship or be one of those really competitive teams. Now, you brought this up on the show once before. Mm -hmm. uh, once you win – things change as far as your seating and your scheduling is, is concerned. So Jacksonville will be getting a winning schedule this year, and if we can go ahead and take a look at their schedule for the year, it looks like they have um, – they'll have New York and they'll play um, – they'll play the Texans, which could be a tough out for them, the Steelers mm -hmm. again, which they tend to handle the Steelers pretty well. Um, they'll have uh, They'll have the Titans, uh, obviously – yeah, they got a tough. I mean, they I, have a tough schedule. I see but the Chiefs. I see the Cowboys. I see the Eagles. But I don't think their schedule is so tough because I look at the Cowboys and we don't really know what we're going to get from them. Yeah, uh, we're not sure what we're going to get from Patrick Mahomes and company for the for the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, the Bills are one of those teams that I think they have probably the most interesting quarterback situation in the league because you got three guys and you have any tape on for all three of them. I, well, I th I think it gets really tough for them because, you know, if, if you look at that division, I, I misspoke when I said it was the toughest division because I thought we were talking about the NFC. Uh, I would say they're actually one of the least competitive just because, I mean, they had the Colts won four games last year. Texans won four games last year. Those are ba basically free wins. And all of a sudden with Andrew Luck back, right, with uh, you know, who, who's the young kid in Texas uh, with, with the Texans that was that great uh, Sean Watson. Right, with him with the full year. All of a sudden, you know, those aren't 4-12 and 12 teams anymore. And so I think it becomes much, much more difficult for those guys to repeat. Now, that being said, they've got a defense. They still got Blake Bortles. Good goodness. I mean, Blake Bortles, for, for as bad as he was at points, uh, Bortles has been – I guess the, the definition of a game manager, you know, somebody that just kind of goes in and 
tries not to mess up. He's been you know? fine. And I think, and I think, right. and I think that's fine. When you when you win games, right. you can get away with being just fine. You said something to 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 me a, a little bit ago is uh, in regards to Tyrod Taylor. And the worst thing Tyrod Taylor did was just be okay. Yep. You know, and I think the fact that he was just okay is the reason he's no longer the quarterback of the Bills. As long as the, the um, Blake Bortles can continue to win games with the with that defense and be just okay, yeah. I think there's a room there's room for him in the league. Well, well, Blake Bortles went from being like a gunslinger to a guy that was looking over his shoulder, and that turned into a, a guy that is just okay. And now he's a guy that has a contract. Now, granted, it's front loaded, so if he doesn't do well. Jacksonville can move on from him. But the fact is, is he's not looking over the shoulder like he was last year going into preseason. Week one preseason, he was in a battle with Chad Henney for the starting job in Jacksonville. That's right. So when you think about that, you're like, oh, wow, he really was on the hot seat more than any other starting quarterback in the NFL last year. Took his team to the AFC championship game, was basically a tipped ball away from Absolutely. making it to the Super Bowl. And you think about that at the beginning of the season, he was very much a game manager. They were trying to keep Bortles from losing the games right. for Jacksonville at the end of the season. The, I wouldn't say they let him loose, but they let loose of the reins mm -hmm. and they let him be more Blake Bortles. Now, my question is, it, are they going to let him be even more Blake Bortles? Or are they going to let more of that gunslinger come out? Because if that if that happens, they do have talented, quick, fast receivers that can um, really spread the field. And you add that in, in the idea that that really pound pound the ball mentality, run first mentality, setting up a play action for a guy like Blake Bortles that can really sling it. I don't, this team really could take a big step forward, and it really is on Blake Bortles whether he can return more to that that younger form um, where he had the confidence. And I think that's the big difference for him is the confidence. Another team we want to make sure we, we got to because um, we didn't talk about a, a lot about them, uh, but I think we might be this year, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Last right. year they were without their trigger man. They were without Andrew Luck for the entire season. I took him in last year's draft believing that he would be okay by week six. He was not okay by week six. But uh, if you saw him play in preseason, he looks like Andrew Luck. It doesn't look like there's any uh, wasted motion in his throws. It doesn't look like he's uh, being hesitant. It doesn't look like he's scared or anything like that. The, the worst part about coming back from an injury is getting over the, the mental hump of possibly getting hurt or possibly re-injuring yourself. Uh, Andrew Luck has had enough time to, to rest up, and it, he looks good, and – I think it's easy to say, man, a healthy Andrew Luck is easily the best quarterback in the AFC South. Well, you know, again, when you talk about Andrew Luck, it's never been his play. I mean, he's, you know, Andrew Luck hasn't played a lot of bad football. He no, just, not at all. When, when he's on the field, he's as good, I think, you know, as, as anybody else out there, especially with what he brings. But it's just staying healthy. And so if he can stay healthy, like I said earlier, the Colts are not a 4-12 and team with him healthy. And all of a sudden, this division looks I, – I, I mean, it potentially could be completely turned upside down from what you saw last year. And I think, you know, so much of that has to do with, you know, the bottom teams, the Texans and the Colts, not having their starting quarterbacks last year. I think you're going to find that one of these teams are, are going to kind of take that step forward. It'll probably be the Colts. Um, Houston, I imagine, will take a step forward with Deshaun Watson, but there still are so many question marks. That's such a, uh, a talent-wise, it's such a top-loaded team, and then it really falls off once you get past their first five, six players, and and, and then that's why you win four four games last season. Uh, once you lose your Deshaun Watson, your JJ Watts of the world, really all you have is is DeAndre Hopkins, and you're like, oh well, 
Uh, okay, now is that going to be enough to turn them into a 10-win team? I don't know, but Deshaun Watson definitely adds wins to that team. That's right. Andrew Luck adds wins to that team, but when you look at what's around him, man, the most complete team in this division still is Jacksonville. Still is Jacksonville, but you uh, you mentioned the quarterback, so it's important that we move to that team, the Houston Texans, man. Uh, without Deshaun Watson last year, they were awful to watch. Uh, insert quarterback name here was terrible. I can't even remember who was their backup last year. Um, but this year, don't forget, man, they, they added the honey badger to that defense. That defense was already pretty good. You get J.J. Watt coming back, you know, from, from injury. And here's a guy who played 60%, you know, for most of his career and was still leading the NFL in sacks and tackles. So um, DeAndre Hopkins still, you know, feels like he's been underrated as a receiver. I think he has a lot to prove. Lamar Miller still feels like he has a lot to prove as the running back from that squad. Uh, man, like I think this Texans team, I personally think this Texans team could be the second or third best team in the AFC. I've said this before. Um, I honestly think the the Jaguars will take a step backwards because now everybody knows they're coming. It's different when nobody expects you and you're little old Jacksonville. And it's like, oh, we beat up on you all the time. But when everybody knows you're good and you've got a bullseye on you, and I think that's going to be an issue. And, and I don't think you can overstate the fact that the Jaguars will be playing that first-place schedule. They'll yes. play division winners from last year versus the Colts and the Texans will play other last-place teams from last year. And, you know, when you when you come down to, you know, 11 wins versus, you know, 9 and 10 wins being the difference in the playoffs, those games matter. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see this thing flip upside down. And the last team, uh, which I don't think will finish last in the AFC South, and that is the Tennessee Titans, led by Oregon alum Marcus Mariota. And I, man, the Titans were, the Titans were right there. They were one of those teams that you know nobody really understood what they were doing. I don't think they really understood what they were doing. Marcus Mariota had the the great uh, play in the playoffs where he threw his own touchdown to himself. You might remember that part. Absolutely. And, uh, but you're looking at guys that went out and signed uh, Deion Lewis and went out and signed uh, Malcolm Butler, um, who was one of the best corners in all of football, unless we're talking about the Super Bowl. So um, That was so bizarre. That was the bizarrest thing ever. <laughs> he, he's, he's tired of talking about it. I think most people are kind of you know sick of asking him about it. But the Tennessee Titans, I, I'm not sure what to make of them. I think they could be a great team, but they also could show signs of being a, a crap team. I'm not really sure. It's going to be really up to a rookie head coach, rookie head coach, right. Mike Vrabel, with yeah. this offensive juggernaut that you have with somebody like Marcus Mariota. You know, I don't really have a feel on it. I, I, I mean, I think, you know, we really went deep about those other three teams, but that's the team that is, is a mystery to me. New coach, you know, how's he going to deal with Mariota? How, you know, is, is the offense going to take a step forward? Who's the run? Is it, is it still... Think Murray was no, no Murray's retired. retired. You're He's looking retired. at Derrick Henry probably being the guy to step into that yeah. role. Yeah, so so all those are question marks about you know what does this offense look like and, and you know has that has that D improved? So it looks like we're all saying that the Jaguars pretty much win the AFC South. If it's not the Jaguars, I believe it would be the Texans. That's exactly what I believe. I believe it's going to be the Texans. You say, Jesse? Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I think it's going to be Houston. Um, or, I mean, Jaguars, Houston, and then I think it, you're going to see Tennessee and Indy really fighting for that third spot. I think I don't think there's going to be a real seller team this year that's winning like three or four wins. So, but yes, Deloney, who you got winning this division? 
I'm going with the Colts. Let's go. Going with the Colts. He's, go. he's going out on a limb. Let's go, Lock. <laughs> All right, coming up next, man, we're going to dive into the NFC South. We're going to talk a little Cam and Carolina. Something happened with him and Kelvin Benjamin. We'll dive into that a little bit right here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hot Hall and Oats talk in here in the uh, in the studio today. Hey, I just want to say something before we continue. Man, I, I love my city and the people that come from here uh, that go out and do great things. Uh, Portland is really killing it right now, man. You look at guys like Ime Udoka, right. um, who, who's doing great things in the NBA. Uh, you look at guys like Aaron Miles and and I see the homie Mike Lee just right. walked in, so he did not stand us up on Sports Sunday, so that's a great thing. Uh, but also the other night, um, Hall and Oates played, and Train played with them at the Moda Center, and a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, one of my one of my best friends, his name is uh, Drew Scholes, and he's actually the drummer for Train, and this is the first time he got a chance to uh, play the Moda Center or the Rose Garden. I still call it the Rose Garden. Hmm. And uh, he got like a ten minute solo to just kind of do for him being at home. And man, it was a it was awesome thing to see. It's awesome, you know, because these are we have a lot of people from this town that are doing great things. So if you're one of those people that are here in Portland, man, continue to be great and, and, and do your thing, man, because we're we're always real proud of you guys. So right. all right, back to football, NFC South. Uh, most people feel that this is pretty much um, the Falcons' division to win. I personally disagree. Um, I think the best team in the NFC uh, South um, is them Nolans Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, them them boys are they're good. And last year they showed everybody exactly how nasty that defense was. Like New Orleans, we, they've always been known for being uh, for every, anything that happens is behind the arm of Drew Brees. You know, if yeah. Drew Brees can lead them there, you're usually throwing five thousand yards a year. Um, that's typically how the Saints have been making it to the next level. This year, that defense, this past year, that defense was amazing. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't throw on them. You couldn't run on them. They were that shut down. And really, next to that Jaguars defense that we just finished talking about, I don't know, Jaguars, Vikings, Saints. I think those were the best defenses in the league last year. So I think you know what was what was more impressive was just the Saints. They turned completely around the way they play football, right? They were running the ball, pounding it, and playing that tough D. I mean, they they completely changed. And then it helps when you have Drew Brees when in trouble, you can just break the glass and he can try to go win you a game. And so they had so many different ways to beat you. But when you look at this, you know the the the, the rankings. I mean, the Saints won the division last year. At eleven and five, the Panthers were eleven and five. The Falcons were ten and six. So right off top, I mean, that's nuts. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can just say, well, you know, uh, the, anybody has a leg up. I mean, you know, does Kamara come back to reality? Who knows? But I mean, he had one of the best rookie years of all time. Absolutely. So I mean, it, 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 there's so many question marks and variables that goes into that. So uh, they also added a defensive end. They traded up for Marcus Davenport in the draft. Uh, in the first round, that, that's in. I think that's in a clear message that New Orleans is they're ready for a Super Bowl run, especially because they know that much like Brady, what like the Patriots were doing with Brady, mm-hmm. they're just you know putting a lot of talent around their older star to make sure he doesn't have to do mm-hmm. all the things that that he uh, used to be able to do. But I think Drew Brees and Sean Payton 
are really setting themselves up for another trip to the playoffs. The team I think that's going to finish second, that's the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta has been really – they've been really been riding high. Like, ever since their Super Bowl run, they were able to get back to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, did, didn't they get back to the NFC Championship game? Is that where they went, or did they make it just to the playoffs? Jesse, do you remember? Jesse's not listening. He's fanboying yeah, out with yeah. Mike Lee in there, man. And I, I totally understand. I would, I would, I would do it as well. But uh, you know, you've 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 got Matt Ryan, right. and as long as he can bounce back from a, for as good as they were with eleven and five, and Matt Ryan had a uh, type of season. Right. It was just okay, he and that showed you how good like, the, he's every other right. Every yeah, other year, last he like he year. had that MVP season, right? And last year he showed that he was good, right? But if he can bounce back from that, I think the Falcons can be right there. And I think they can win the division. I just think it's the really New Orleans to lose. Yeah. It's it's exciting. I, I think it's the most competitive division. I, I mean, going back to what I said earlier. And, and I mean, I think, you know, for, for I think I, probably the last seven or eight years, there was a different winner of the division every year. So, mm-hmm. you know, nothing set in stone here. I think, you know, you could make an argument for all, any of those top three teams and, and probably come out all right. Uh, the Carolina Panthers have been making news, but for all the wrong reasons. Mm. Earlier this week, Kelvin Benjamin, now Bill's wide receiver, came out and basically said Cam Newton was trash, and if I had a different quarterback for my entire career, uh, I would be better. Okay, insert Nathan Peterman here. So we'll mm. see exactly how good you are with Nathan Peterman, who threw five picks in his first NFL right. game and then was benched after that. So we'll right. see how good you do. If you saw the tape this week or the footage, uh, Cam Newton went up to Kelvin Benjamin to seemingly look like to, went up to talk to him. If you ask me, and that's just if you're asking old humble me, I'm saying Cam Newton got the better end uh, of that thing. He pretty much, and for lack of a better word, man, he punked man, Kelvin let, Benjamin. Let's be real, Cam, Cam checked him. That's right? exactly and, what he and did. And so you said, you know, for the wrong reasons. If you're Cam Newton, that was for the right reason. So there's been a lot of stories all the way, you know, going back to when uh, Carolina lost the Super Bowl about Cam Newton, you know, making a lot of missteps here and there and saying the wrong thing and, you know, dressing a little different and all these other things. That right there, that exchange, he got a lot of his credibility back. Absolutely. I think people people forget Cam Newton beat up Josh Norman in training camp. Josh Norman's last year there. Yeah, put hands on him. It was video of and all type of stuff. Like, people tend to forget. You see, like you mentioned, you see the pink suit, you see the flip-flops, you see the stupid hat, and you say, man, this dude's a clown. I'm not scared of him. You forget that he's six foot six and he's 245 pounds, and he's, you know, all all muscle for the most part. So, Kelvin Benjamin, who the year that he was hurt, man, the Panthers made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Right. So, I mean, I think there might be a little, still a little salt there from from that. But I, you never see a guy like um, uh, who's the, the the tight end for uh, Greg Olson complaining right. about Cam Newton not being able to get in the ball. He has no problem catching the ball. Well, you know, I, I think even at another level, you know, there's 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 no accountability. You know, people can say whatever they want to say in the press, and you know, I don't play with that guy anymore, and I play in a different city, and you can go on your way. I like that. Cam went up to him and said, what's up now? You know, what was all that you were saying? You got to keep that right? energy, Kelvin. You come the same way. You got to keep that when energy, When you felt bro. real comfortable when I was 3,000 miles away. So I think that what that might have done is maybe put a little bit of a chip on Cam's shoulder because right. now he's been called out as a quarterback. Right. Now he's been called out as someone who can't deliver the ball where it's supposed to be. Now you've heard lots of people for the past seven years talk about how Cam 
is not maybe the face of a franchise, and he's not the guy that you really want being your trigger man. He's just a really great athlete. I think uh, with guys like Christian McCaffrey and C.J. Anderson and maybe even having Luke Keekley back and, and ready to go for this Carolina Panthers team, I think the Panthers will probably be the second or third team in the AFC in the NFC South. Yeah. And the last team, which will be the last team in the NFC South, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think there's much to say about them. Jameis Winston yeah. is an idiot. Um, Jameis Winston should not be allowed to play in the NFL anymore. Um, I think this is one of those instances where we value sports over um, integrity. You know, the NFL talks about integrity of the league, but the integrity of the league is more important than actual integrity with the NFL. Um, that being said, the Buccaneers are not very good. Yeah. Um, Dirk uh, Cotter is not a very good coach, seemingly. No. Um, Jameis Winston has a lot of issues, and uh, the one good thing about the team is Mike Evans. That's really all I can say. I'm trying to think of good things to say about them, but I, I expect the the Panther, or excuse me, Tampa Bay, to win three, maybe four games. You know, I think what you're going to see from Tampa Bay this year is an organization that knows finally that it's not going to be Jameis Winston that takes us to the next level. I think you've already seen them, uh, you know, withdraw a little bit. I don't know if. They they took down his image in the stadium. I mean, he was on these giant posters. I mean, that's that's huge because for most teams, sell their quarterbacks first, and uh, I think that was huge. I think you saw Nike, you yeah. know, the, you okay. know oh, the, 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 oh, the in the contract, company? Yeah. right? All those all these people are stepping back, and 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 you know, that's a tough thing to do. But I think they're getting ready for what's next, and yeah. so there's nothing. I I don't think it's unreasonable to say they win even less games next year. That thing's done. Um, so overall, uh, who wins the NFC South? I'm going with the Saints. I like I like this newfound running game. I, and, and like I said, then you have the great Drew Brees to try to win you a game when you're in trouble. I'm going with the Saints as well. Uh, a couple texts here on the Better You Today text line before we get out of here. Uh, I thought the Saints would be 2-14 and 14 last year. Defense full of nobodies, problems with money and bad contracts. No running game. Uh, the young players revived them. Absolutely, they did. Who knew that defense would be that good? And then they turned around and did some Legion of Boom stuff. They got a bunch of third and fourth round guys that weren't supposed to be good. And lo and behold, they were great. Uh, everyone knows Cam is a freak athlete. His completion percentage is not that good. His completion percentage is awful, which is the reason why guys like Kelvin Benjamin are able to kind of hold a little weight when they say certain things like that. No pun intended talking about Kelvin Benjamin's weight. But right. <laughs> Coming up next, man. Uh, he is Jefferson's second all-time leading scorer. He is a former, or he is an alumni from the Kansas Jayhawks. He has played in two Final Fours. Uh, man, he was a Harlem Globetrotter. He was the coach of the Roosevelt Rough Riders, and now he is one of the assistant coaches for the Santa Cruz Warriors. My guy, Mike Lee, is going to be in studio coming up next right here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.